Amen. God is not dead. Amen. He's not sleeping either. <laughs> he's, he's watching. He's saying, who can I back up here? Who's, who's trusting in me, believing in me, expecting me to use them, to speak through them? Who is decided to put on my mind, the mind of Christ, so that our minds can meld, and before they even know what's happening, I can get my words coming out of their mouth. You know what I'm saying? God is so interested, so intent, so looking towards us. We, we don't need to beg and plead, God, would you please be involved in my life? Would you please help? He, he, he's just saying, well, you know, the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking who he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. If When we give our heart to him, when we're in expectant faith, when we're looking to him, so we're tuned in. God is there. He's broadcasting all the time. The, the, the radio waves are going through this place right now. Both earthly radio waves and God's, ra- God's radio waves. Whatever you want. God's voice. He wants to speak to us all the time. He wants to do things all the time. He wants to reveal something to us all the time. Not just sometimes, you know. Especially when we don't feel like it. Especially when we're actually kind of, you know, um, I don't know, maybe feeling stressed about something. Maybe we're, something's got us weighing down a little bit or we know we have to do something and we're all, you know. In those times, in an instant, in, in one very instant, we can choose to put our faith and trust in God and say, you know what, Jesus, okay, I'm going to do this because I know it's your will and I know you're there to help me. And that's it. So we don't think about all the other stuff that's that's you know wants to weigh down on us, doubts, unbeliefs, and all this thing, and we just trust in him. So God is willing and able. I, I mean more than able. He 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 desires to fellowship with us, walk with us, and do miracles through us. Okay, so um, imagine. Okay, you're, you're, um, you want a word from the Lord. You're going to hear a prophet or something. You want a, you want a, word, a word from God or whatever. And, um, and he prophesies to you, your, your, your destiny is a life of the miraculous. Your destiny is to walk in the full life of the Spirit, a life filled with the supernatural life of God. The dead are going to be raised. The sick are going to be healed. You're going to be an amazing soul winner. God's plan for you is to just to be reaching people for His glory. They're going to come into the kingdom and for prophetic words of life to be streaming through you. Okay, and then, or what if you go to get a word and you didn't get a word? You didn't. The prophet didn't call you out and give you a word. Well, I'm here to tell you <laughs> that he has given us a word, okay? And that word, all of those things that I just mentioned before are promises from God to us, and the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What is that testimony of Jesus? That is where we believe what God has done for us by his word, and he says, you know, greater is he in you than he that is in the world, and uh, the things I was doing, you will do also, and you are blessed with every spiritual blessing. And if you believe in me, you, you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. The dead will be raised. The, you know, there are no impossibilities. All of these are promises from God 
in His Word, and all of His promises are yes and amen. They're not for you, yes, you, no, you, yes. All of what God has made available to us is available for all of us. God is not a respecter of persons. And so, these words from the Lord. Okay, Revelation 1.3 says, Blessed is he who reads... Okay, this is in the book of Revelation. So we're, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear, because you can read without hearing. Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. We can read, but if our heart isn't appropriating it by faith and deciding that is for me, I thank you, I take it. I receive it, I'm going to run with this, I believe, and I'm going to take action based upon what I'm reading right here. That is somebody who hears uh, sorry, who reads and hears with the ears of our heart, okay, of faith. With a heart we believe, resulting in righteousness. Righteousness is the just will live by faith, walking by faith. Okay, blessed is he who reads and who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. So, what, so wait a minute. So what is that? So if we read the word, that's what it's saying. You know, we're reading the Word and the promises of God and we believe, we're hearing it in our heart. We're reading the Word of this prophecy and we keep it, in other words, we act on it, those things which are written in it. So we can hear the Word of God, we can choose to believe and act, and it is words of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. The testimony where Jesus Christ in us can live through us and do all the miracles and all of the wonderful things that he has promised in his word, which is for all of us. So that is a word to us. You know, the prophetic word to us. Revelation 19.10 is where it says the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. Revelation 12.17 says, um, it talks about the dragon was enraged with the woman, and da, da, da. but it talks about the, those who believe in Jesus, and it says, those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So it's interesting. We're talking about testimonies and things like that. Because the testimony of Jesus Christ is simply believing what he has said about you, what he has done. It, what, the testimony of Jesus. Christ died for me. So what happened? So I've been born again, translated, moved from the kingdom of darkness into his kingdom to the degree that we're seated with him in heavenly places. If we're seated with him in heavenly places, what kind of access does that give us to all the promises of God and all the, the power and goodness of God to be able to manifest if we simply believe? So this testimony of Jesus, Christ died for me. I'm born again. The life of Christ, is, is, his blood is running through our veins now. He's not, where is he? Where, he's Christ in you, the hope of glory. God putting his hope in you now that we are going to act on what he has said and put within us. So the testimony of Jesus, Christ died for me, so I'm alive in him. That, that great exchange, he died for us so that we can live now in him. So the testimony of Jesus, I am, we are who he says we are. Who are we? Sons of the living God. There's no male nor female in Christ Jesus. Okay. Sons of the living God. That is who we are. There's no greater office than that. Office meaning, you know, there are apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers. Da, da, da. There's no greater office than a child of God. A child of God 
whose inheritance is God himself. Who, who, I mean, you want to give everything to your child. You want them to, to, to be prosperous. You want them to function in all of the wisdom you have. You want everything that you can do to get your DNA, all the good parts, you know, <laughs> into that child. You want, to, you want to do that, right? You don't want to hold back your child and have him be a... Le- you, you want him to go further and farther, at least a, a loving parent does. Uh, somebody who understands agape love, somebody whose the love of Christ is controlling. So how much more will our Heavenly Father, how much more does our Heavenly Father desire for us to be all that He is? That's why we're called His body. We're part of his bo- the body of Christ. So uh, what is that testimony of Jesus that uh, we believe we are who He says we are, that we can do the things that He said we can do? The same works and greater in John 14, 12. And, you know, every spiritual blessing, everything, all of these things that God has promised in His Word is for us, is, is God's prophetic Word to us. And if we believe what God has already said, then we will be in that place where we can walk on the wavelength of God and with Him to be used further in all the details and, you know, if you, uh, wherever we are, in our workplace, in, in your hair salon, in your restaurant, in your office, whatever, whether you have a pair of scissors or a knife at the table, okay, don't use those, but, you know, we have the Word of God, the, the sword of the Spirit, which will cut away the devil's um, talons from people. You know, the devil is there to steal, kill, destroy, oppress, and we have the power of the living Word of God in us, Christ in us. When we believe and step out by faith, we cut the tentacles of the devil off people and, and allow them to experience what, allow them to come in contact with God Himself and His Spirit. Okay, so um, this. In Hebrews 1, it says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days has spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he made the worlds, being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. So he upholds all things by his word. His word is powerful. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the eight angels. It's very interesting that it says Jesus became, like there was a process there, there was a point, he became so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. So it says he became and he obtained. You know? Now, the very moment that God himself became flesh, Jesus, you know, he set aside all his godhood, so to speak. He didn't come with a backpack with his godhood in it. You know, he left that. He came as a man. Okay? who experiences things in life just in the same way we do. And so it says in the scripture he learned obedience 
by the things which he, the difficulties, the things he suffered and, and went through, those taught him things. He, and it says here, he became so much better than the angels, and he by inheritance obtained a more excellent name. So the very real scenario is that God himself laid before Jesus, I mean, he knew the path. You know, he knew his inheritance, he knew everything. But if he actually deviated from that, if he actually sinned, if he actually fell short, he wouldn't have been able to, to be to us that Lamb of God. He, he, we wouldn't have been able to be born again. So he had to, he chose to keep going and to be, to walk by faith, to believe his Father, to, to set, to, to not go for the distractions, to not, and to just be obedient, even to the point of death. And now here we are as a result that we can partake of his divine nature. But he also, so, but there was that inheritance, but he had to, um, he had to walk by faith in order to obtain it. In that Garden of Gethsemane, it was by faith that, and just the love of God that kept him. And he said, because he didn't, he said, Father, I don't want to go through with this. But he did. And so Jesus left us that example to follow. But um, we're talking about the vision of God for us and, and the fact that in his word, we can find his, his prophetic um, um, vision for our life. Okay? So if we just take his word and really believe and appropriate for ourselves, we can be partaking of every good thing that God has for us. Um, Colossians 1, 26, 7, This mystery which was revealed is Christ in us. And Ephesians 4 it's kind of like our theme for theme verses here, but I just want to I just want to to read that. It says he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Okay, so that includes all of us in the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all that includes all of us. Okay, come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature person, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You see, this is a prophecy. What, what is prophecy? This is a prophecy from God to us. You know, So there is so much in the Word of God that uh, if we get started with what God has already said about us, His prophetic Word to us, we will be in that place where God can, can use us going on from there. So, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So, I can stand here and say, you know, God is revealing that your destiny is to walk in the fullness of Christ. Your destiny is to lay hands on the sick and see them recover and be a lighthouse, a beacon of truth, that His words will be flowing through you, His heart will be flowing through you, that His power the faith that works by love will be working through you, that the dead will be raised, the sick will be healed, the demons will be cast out, that you will be an encouragement to others, that when they see you, they will be seeing Jesus. All of this is God's prophetic word to us. You know, so we need to believe, appropriate, and, and act like it. You know what I'm saying?
So until we all grow up to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we're no longer children tossed to and fro, carried around with every wind of doctrine, but speaking the truth in love. That's the word. Speaking the truth is the word. So when we share the word and we share the truth in love with people, speaking the truth in love that we may grow up in all things into him. So how do we grow up in all things into him? What is a prophetic word? A prophetic word is founded on God's word. And in this case, you get some details in somebody's life and that really resonates with them and it opens them up then to 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 what God has for them. And what does God have for them? Well, the Bible is, is, is God's prophetic word revealed to us. And so speaking the truth in love that we may grow up in all things into him. So God's word spoken in love through that, through it when it is believed that we may grow up in all things into him, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effect of working by which every part does its share for the growing of the body of the edifying of itself in love. So each one of us has, a, has a, something unique to offer. We're all to, to grow up into the fullness of Christ, but on that journey, each one you know, um, helps in certain ways and, and somebody is, is kind of gifted in a certain area, another area. And so we all partake of each other's uh, input in Christ until we all grow up to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. But that fullness is for all. You know, we, if the Holy Spirit is inside of us, he, he doesn't want... You ever, you know, you've been sitting in a funny position and your leg falls asleep, right? And it just feels really weird and it's just kind of pins and needles and tingly and you can't move it. It's really funny. You want to move it and it's like not moving, you know? That's not how the Holy Spirit wants to be inside of us. He is there in all of his fullness and he doesn't want his leg to fall asleep or his ear to fall asleep. I mean, he's there in fullness. So he's not like, you know what, let's cut off this part, this part, this part and let them operate in this part only. That, that would really be counterintuitive, wouldn't it? You know, so God is there in all of his, Christ in us, the hope of glory. He is in us. We are the temple of God. And he wants to come through us in fullness. So we need, to, we need to know that vision. We need to have that vision of where God is leading us. He's leading us into his fullness. And he's no respecter of persons. And if you can see Christ in somebody doing something, that is for you too. You know, He is the special one. Jesus is the special one. And, we're, and we, if we are believers, his spirit is living inside each one of us. And so we need to have that vision. We need to have that understanding because that will allow us to believe God to be able to step out into those things where we might need to stretch our faith muscles that we're not used to using in certain capacities and areas. And as we just spend time with him, as we spend time with Jesus in that secret place, in our prayer closet, and just spend time getting to know him, his voice, then all, all, everything that Jesus has put within us in himself. We will be more attuned. His mind begins to meld with our mind. The scripture says we have the mind of Christ. You know, Jesus didn't come in and leave his mind outside the door. He brought his way of thinking. He brought his every facet of himself. He brought with him. And now it's up to us to walk by faith with him and spend time with him so that experientially the two become one. You can get married on your wedding day, but um, 
there is an act where the two become one as well. You know, it's not just on paper. So that experiential union with Christ, that prayer closet, that time with the Lord, that, that giving of our heart to Him and sitting at His feet, like Jesus said to Mary, she sat at His feet while Martha was busy with stuff and Martha got upset, but Jesus said, no, 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 this part is not going to be taken away from Mary. She's chosen the better part. Let us choose to make Jesus priority in our lives so that all that he has put within us himself and fellowship with him can be experienced. We have the, we have, God is our inheritance, scripture tells us in Romans 8. But to the degree that we will experience that depends on our trusting God and our making time with him and just obedience to actually do what he said to do. Um, David was a man after God's own heart because he was willing to do everything that, um, God was asking him to do, even though he messed up seriously. But he, his, his heart, in continuation, was to do the will of, to, to do the will of God. So, if we're willing to do the will of God, then then we're in that place where our life can be a life lived after God's um, own heart. In Second Peter, one, verse sixteen. It says, We did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. So it's referring to, uh, you know, when... Peter and John were with him, and they heard the voice, this is my beloved son. So boom, audible voice, pretty impressive, right? God speaking, awesome. Well, in verse 19, it says, and I'm reading this verse 19 from the Weiss because it, it, it's like the Amplified, brings out the Greek there. It says, and we have the, the prophetic word as a surer foundation or more sure foundation to which you are doing well to pay attention as to a lamp which is shining in a squalid place until the day dawns and a morning star and yeah the morning star arises in your hearts knowing this first that no prophecy of scripture it's talking about scripture here prophecy of scripture knowing that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So here is God's voice, audible, booming, majestic, I'm sure, and awesome. God doesn't waste his words. He spoke for a purpose, and it was awesome and relevant and amazing. Yet here, in, in verse 19, 2 Peter 1.19, it says, The prophetic word of Scripture, we know it's talking about Scripture because that's the context here. In verse, you know, the verse right after, the, the, knowing that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. So this prophetic word of Scripture, the one Jesus himself stood on when the devil came to tempt him in the wilderness, and he said, get behind me, Satan, it is written. You know, and he did, went through that a few times. It is written, it is written. Jesus referring to the prophetic word of Scripture trustworthy enough to stand upon. So, so here, God's audible voice 
But yet, he says, look, the prophetic word is a sure foundation. We can put our trust and faith in the word of God and to the degree then we take action on that. So what is the testimony of Jesus? And remember, that what it says about you, you can believe. It says you are a son of God. It says you as a believer can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It says you as a believer, you know, just as he sent out his disciples, he said when you go into a city, heal the sick that are there, raise the dead. In the same sentence, you know, just he didn't explain further. He just said heal the sick, raise the dead, part of the great commission. So now we are confronted then with a choice. That's what God's word says. It is a prophetic word of your life of what God has for all of us as believers. Do we, so how do you make that prophetic word come to, how do, how do you see the fulfillment of that? Well, believe it. Step out by faith and live it. Walk with it. Flow with it. We have God's sure prophetic word with amazing promises. He said you can go raise the dead in his name. He said you can heal the sick in his name. He said you can... All, just all the promises of God. Yes and amen. We choose to believe with childlike faith. Throw out the complicated, you know, stuff, baggage along the way and all the doctrines of men and traditions of men and blah, blah, blah. And just look at the word of Jesus, okay? These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. In my, they will lay hands on the sick. They will recover. And everything else Jesus told his disciples to do is for us as well because he told his disciples in Matthew 28, everything I have commanded you, taught you to do, teach to others also. It's for us. Everything Jesus taught us. Are you a disciple? Are we followers of Jesus? Are we sons of the living God? It's for us. But we need to choose to believe. We need to take God's word as a prophetic word. Because that, that's what it is. That's exactly what it says. It says, no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. It, it, it's, it came through men as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Jesus, as a man, was moved by the Holy Spirit. So it's a prophetic word. And when he says something, we can believe it. Because it, he says, I don't say anything but what my Father says. I don't do anything but what my Father shows me. Everything he said, everything he did is God's will. And it's a prophetic word for us. We need to, so we need to be able to look at God's word and take it with the same amazement or appropriation as if a very well-known prophet is there giving you a prophetic word. Because I tell you what, Jesus, uh, he's, he's pretty well-known. He's, <laughs> he's pretty trustworthy, powerful, and amazing. Okay, I don't think there's anybody more amazing than him, right? And this is what he has said. Take, take your prophetic word. This is for you. It's for us. Blessed is he who reads and hears. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. We, we're all reading it, so to speak, but we need to believe. Take it. Say, yep, this is mine. Because Jesus shed his blood to give it to me. If for no other reason, then how about that as reason enough? You know, sometimes we think we have the, the luxury of picking and choosing what we believe. Well, um, if we have given our life to Christ, you've forfeited that luxury. 
for good reason. Who wants to choose something which is going to cut you off from the life flow of, life flow of Christ experientially? You, who, who wants to be in doubt and unbelief and cut off from the life that Christ wants to you know, exude from us? Who, who would want to make that choice? So much better to just say, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I forfeit the luxury of freedom to choose whether to believe your word or not. How crazy is that? You know, here we are, Jesus, you are amazing. You're the Son of God. You laid down your life for me. I'll take that and not that. No, no, no. I'll believe you on this, not on that. Huh? That's not the life Jesus came to, to, gave, to give us. He said, believe. He said, if you believe, you'll speak to that mountain, move. And this goes hand in hand. There's, you know, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. And, you know, Jesus also talked about that, that prayer is that um, antidote to unbelief, you know. And so as we just spend time with him as well, all of this word that we hear and we choose to believe as we're sitting at his feet in his presence, it's like, the sinews and muscles and ligaments begin to grow around that word we choose to believe. So the faith and the word, and it, and it, and it, it comes together, you know. And in the presence of God, um, it's much easier to have faith. You know what I'm saying? So, but we need to choose to believe. It is the foundation. So we choose we hear his prophetic word to us, we believe, and as we spend time with him, it is reinforced in his presence and goes deeper and the roots going down. We're like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bearing fruit in season. You know, the tree roots go way down. Even, I mean, we have some trees in our property, I don't know, probably 50 years old, whatever. Some blue gum trees, this probably shouldn't be there, anyway. <laughs> And some of the ones that are, but even if it doesn't rain for a long time and you wonder, man, how does that tree, I mean, there is a point where if it, you know, doesn't get enough water, it, you know, we've had some trees that get sick and they just poof, fall over. But then you get some other trees that their roots are in a place where it's, it's, it's in touch with the water. Even though you don't see it, you don't know, it's, but they're deep and they're down there. They're, they're drawing up their nourishment. And so... The storms come, whatever, but, but they're, they're connected to the nutrient source. So we need to be connected to the nutrient source through any Christ. We need to be, have our heart, our faith in the right place, directed to the right place, to Jesus, the living word, and take every one of his words as a personal prophecy for us. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not as unto people, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. Reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ, but he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. So whatever we do, whether you're... wherever you work, wherever you... whatever you do... Wherever you are, wherever we are, whatever we do, do it as unto the Lord. And say, Lord, how do you want this done? Is there an opportunity here? Here, here, <laughs> here, here. <laughs> Is there an opportunity here to bring you glory? Okay. <clears throat> what do you want to 
input into this person's life. So our antenna is in the right place. We, our heart is in the right place. Our expectancy is in the right place. You see, God will not overpower us. He stands at the door and knocks. Revelation 3.20, which was written to believers, not to unbelievers. So it says he stands at the door of our heart and knocks. It's up to us to keep that door open. You can open it on occasions. You can just keep it open. Keep it open through faith, through expectancy, through looking for opportunities, not shying away from. But, but just what would happen if you lived life in such a way where you did not allow yourself to doubt anymore, but just acted by faith in every situation that you know Jesus, what he would do, and you do it? What would happen? What's the worst that could happen if you did that? Take it as a challenge. What, what's the worst that can happen if you choose to believe God and step out by faith on every occasion, in every situation, and you just make yourself keep that door open of expectancy and looking for opportunities and live life that way? What would happen? Probably a lot of good things. A lot of good things. It's in our power to do so. And nobody has the power to live that way except you for your life. Nobody else, not even God, can make us live that way. But we can choose. And he stands at the door and knocks and says, I want to come eat with you. Always. 24-7. 24-7 feasting in the Spirit. 24-7 feasting, walking with the Lord. Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. For from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. Um, I think we were talking last week about um, being faithful with the unrighteous mammon. If we're faithful with what we're stewards of in this life, then God will give us what is truly ours. Because in this life, we're not taking any material things with us, right? We're stewards of what we have, what we, how we choose to live this life. And it says, God said, if we are faithful with another person's, like what God has entrusted us with now, then God will give us what is truly ours for eternity, our eternal inheritance and the reward of the inheritance. You see, we, Christ, God himself is our inheritance. But the degree to which we will experience him for eternity is dependent upon how we walk with him now. How much we, ex we love him now, thus reflecting in what we do now. Jesus said, if, if uh, anyone's ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of him. He said, if anyone is not ashamed of me, nor will I be ashamed of him uh, you know, for all of eternity. So there is a, a, a reward not of the inheritance as well. So, which is, we're not saved by our works, but there is, a, there is a reward that comes together with our inheritance as we choose to actually utilize the life we have in Christ to the, full, to the fullest extent that we can, you know? There, there is that something more that God has for us. <clears throat> Matthew 5.13, you are the salt of the earth. John 13, 35 says, By this all will know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. We're, we're supposed to be salty. God is love, so we're, saltiness tastes like love. 
Okay, that's one aspect of saltiness. It is that passport of love that really identifies us, Jesus said, John 13, 35. They were his disciples, they were his followers. The, the love is one thing that you can't um, mimic. You can't, you know, you can force yourself to smile, but if, if love's not in your heart, people see through it. You know what I'm saying? But the love of God, the love of Christ, you know, for one another, it's, it's something that, you know, as we give our heart to Him. So saltiness includes that love, which is our passport. Saltiness, heavenly salt, is also fulfilling the Great Commission. You know, Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel. It's up to us to say yes to Jesus and do it. That person in the chair, that person to our side, that person over there, how, how is God going to reach them? Oh, he's going to send an angel down from heaven and levitate them off the ground and they're going to see a vision. Well, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> you know, maybe God is looking to you and me to actually step out and reach them and talk to them, initiate the conversation, bring God into the equation. Maybe, uh, you know, that is God's expectation. God doesn't send the angels to preach the gospel. We are his body, we're his mouthpiece, we're his hands, we're his feet. What we do or do not do depends upon what gets done or doesn't get done. So that is being salty. Salt that has lost its savor, it's not good for anything. Let's stay salty. Okay, let's stay very salty. <clears throat> We're going to wrap it up here, but I just want to throw this in there too. We need to have... Um, um, vision for our life. Both, Lord, you know, from a daily basis, Lord, what do, you, what do you want me to accomplish today? What do you have for me? Because life tends to go on and we just try to keep up with it sometimes and we get caught in the, uh, what do you call it when you... Um, uh, something, an object is moving real fast and it can, you can get pulled in the stream of it. You know what I mean? It's kind of, you get pulled along with life sometime. But, you know, if we let life pull us around, we're going to miss some things. That We're going to miss many opportunities of being Jesus to others. We need to take that time of the Lord to where we are making sure we're accomplishing what He has for us. And so when we wake up in the morning say, Jesus... Is there something specific you want to show me about today? And what are we asking the Lord for that day? What, what do we want to reach some people for Jesus? Do we, do we want to tell him? Say, God, why don't, can you arrange somebody for me to speak to today? I want to be you to them. I want to impact a life today. You through me. You have not because you ask not. And if we're not asking, we're probably not thinking about it. If we're not thinking about it, we're not looking. And opportunities are passing us by. We're here to be salty. We're here to, be, to give a fragrance of the kingdom of heaven in his love and his power and all of his goodness. So from a daily basis, weekly, month, year, Lord, what, what, what is the plan you have for me? Okay, I know it's to grow up in the fullness of Christ, but is there anything else you want to show me? So we can make sure that we are progressing in the direction and that life isn't just sucking us into itself and we're, we're just burning up the candle of life without making it very fruitful. You know what I'm saying? 
So we need to, to just make sure that we're getting from the Lord you know, what, what we should be accomplishing. And just to make sure that we have a heart like David that is, that is really presented to God and just saying, Father, your will be done. I, I'm willing to do your will, whatever it is. Uh, if it's outside my comfort zone or, it's, or if it's whatever, we need to come to that place where we relinquish our heart from the encasing of flesh and under our control, we pull it out and we present it to God and we say, Jesus, you, you gave your life for me. You, you, everything you did was so that I can live and live this life now in you. And so here's my heart back to you and I'm going to do whatever it is that you're asking me to do. And then live every day that way with our spiritual antenna up, with our heart directed towards him and believing that every prophetic word of Scripture and everything that Jesus lived and demonstrated, it's for us. It's for you. I'm just going to say singular now, for you. Not just for the person sitting next to you. It is for, for you, every one of us. God is faithful. He'll keep his word. He keeps his end of the bargain. It's up to us to believe, step out by faith, and trust that his life is going to come through and meet that need that is in front of us. Okay, so Father, we thank you um, for everything you've done for us. You have, you've, you've spread the table, you've spread the, the banquet, the feast. It is ready. It is, we're seated with you in heavenly places. The banquet is there. It is up to us to walk by faith, to walk with you, to abide in you, to love you, to spend that time with you, to, to be obedient and reach out to the world around us so we can partake of that banquet and other people can join us at the table as we feast together in your kingdom, the kingdom of heaven which is within us right now, available, accessible. Help us to utilize what you've given to us. Help us to... To, to go beyond doctrine into a life of obedience and faith that works by love, to reach others, to impact this world, to make a difference, to really allow you to bring your life through us so we can be uh, really a manifestation of the kingdom of heaven and of your love to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, yeah, praise the Lord. Um, thank you, Jesus. That's fine. Um, yeah, the, uh, Saturday we're having the crusade in Zanspreit. If anybody wants to come along and impact people with the gospel and lay hands on the sick and see them recover and just be part of that, you're welcome to join us. Hi, my name is Paul Warren Gray with Life Mission. If you'd like more audio and video teachings like this one, please visit our website at www.lifemission.org.za. That's www.lifemission.org.za. And if you are in the Johannesburg area in South Africa, we hope you'll drop in so we can meet you in person. Details are on the website. <laughs>